What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And so it's great, again, it's great to be here. It's just a privilege to minister uh, to men and to see what God going to do in uh, hearts and lives of men. I, I want to minister just uh, for a few minutes out of, out of Joshua's life. And to me, Joshua is the first real disciple. And what I mean by that in the Bible, if you look, uh, God chose men and often their sons were with them. A- the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. We follow Joseph. But then God calls Moses, and Joshua is not from the tribe of Moses. He's from a different tribe. He's he's not the son of Moses, but he's a man who caught some things. And if we're ever going to be the men that God wants us to be, we have to catch some things. We have to understand and and make some things our own that are going to come not necessarily from our earthly father but our spiritual father or fathers or pastors or however you want to phrase that. And so uh, we're going to look at Joshua's life. We're just going to kind of use this as a text. It's kind of in the middle of his life. And uh, think about him because I believe there's great application for Joshua's life. No matter where you're at in your ministry, in your spiritual life, in your Christian walk, There's always something from his life because we have the learning years, the leadership years, and the legacy years that we can touch on. And so just right in the middle, the Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel, to every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I have said to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea going down towards the sun, shall be your territory. And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, For as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. I will not leave or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded you. And do not turn from the right hand, nor uh, to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and observe uh, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So here's God speaking to Joshua in the middle of... uh, kind of his life and you read this and what tremendous blessing you're going to lead the people I'm going to be with you protect you and help you and I and as we read this it's it's man if someone called you out and gave you a word like that 
you would be shouting the victory, right? This would be prosper. You'd be excited about this. So here God speaks to him. But let's think about where he came from, the, the, lead, the early years, the, the learning years. For many of you, this is where you're at, that you're in this place where you're here to learn. You, God's going to equip you for your future. And you're going to learn some things in the mother church, in the local church. You're going to learn some things from your pastors and other believers that are going to help you and keep you and equip you for the future. So let's think, we're introduced to Joshua in Exodus 17. The Bible tells us the Amalekites had come out to uh, fight against uh, uh, the children of Israel. And in one sense, and I'm going to leave this for others to preach on later, but in one one sense, Amalek is the uh, it's the flesh. It's the uh, picture of the flesh. It's a battle we're all going to have to fight. And, uh, and so there's, there's an analogy there. But what's very interesting is we read that uh, Moses says to Joshua, choose out some men and go out to fight with Amalek. This is Exodus 17, 9 and 10. And tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with the rod of uh, God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said and fought Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the hilltop. And so we read that Joshua is, he's getting involved. He wants to further the kingdom of God. He wants to be involved. So he's out fighting to expand the kingdom of God. In the local church, in in the church here, you have tremendous opportunity to learn how to expand the kingdom of God. This could be leading an outreach. This could simply be going on an outreach. Let me just say this, you know, when my wife and I pioneered, we pioneered twice. There are times where it was just me and her passing out flyers on the street. Actually, we, we did it before we had children and then after they were gone. And so from the house, so it was just me and her, literally just the two of us on the streets sometimes, passing out flyers, doing outreaches. And so you have wonderful, the, 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 the church here, Pastor Mitchell, has made outstanding opportunities for you to be able to be engaged in this and that you can lead an outreach or you could be on an outreach. You can be a part uh, uh, of uh, something God is doing uh, and to, uh, to fight and to contend. It was great when I came in here. Johnny was just telling me last night at Harkins, uh, he was able to witness to somebody and just to say, expanding the kingdom. Now, not everybody you witness to, what must I do to be saved? I, we get that. But the understanding there is the furthering of the kingdom, the fighting and, and being involved in seeing the kingdom furthered. And so this is where Joshua begins. This is where we're introduced to him. He's out there on the front lines. And so before you, if you want to ever be sent out, if that's a desire of yours, I can tell you, start now evangelizing, witnessing. Don't learn how to do that when you, you know, uh, <laughs> think, well, once I'm sent out, then I'll figure it out. But you have great opportunity here because you probably won't. That's the, you know, human nature is lazy. And so if you won't do it while people are watching you, what are you going to do when pe- nobody knows? When you're, you know, literally for a while, I was the only one in, one, in a country. And, you know, what, what are people going to, there's no one looking over my shoulder every week. 
And so here's a great opportunity you have. And this is where we're introduced to Joshua. He's a fighter. The second thing we see in Exodus chapter 24 is it says that in the Lord, verses 13, 12 and 13, and the Lord said to Moses, come uh, up to me on the mountain and be there and I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mount, mountain of God. So here we read that Joshua, he's involved. He's got a relationship with his pastor. He's being a servant. He's made himself available. One of the things that would help is if you're available to do things. Make it known to pastor. Say, you know what? I, I, I am available. Now, not everyone can do everything. We understand that. There's certain people that, you, you know, as you're contending. Uh, but you can see it in their lives. You can see people who want to be a servant. I spoke with Isaac Sunday afternoon before the conference. He's, I, was, I had uh, the evangelist watch the tent and so I was there watching the tent. Here, here he is by himself setting up the sound equipment. And he's vexed. And he's serving. And I, I said to him, I said, do you think Nate will be sent out? He said, most certainly yes. I said, do you think you'll be door, the next door director? He said, most certainly not. <laughs> so discernment, we've got to work on there. But anyway, uh, but you know, so, but he said, why did, I, why did I even ask him that? Because he's a servant. And if he's willing to do that, he's willing to do other things. And so here's an opportunity. There's plenty of opportunities to serve in the church. Plenty of opportunities to serve God. There's all sorts of needs that constantly arise and, and, and opportunities come. And so we see Joshua here is marked as the servant or the assistant or someone who assists or helps Moses. And so helping is, is great uh, blessing. In, in Exodus 33, 11, it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would not return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of uh, Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. He was faithful. He's in church. He wants to be in the presence of God. And I know in one sense... A man who would get up on a Saturday to come here uh, to a, a men's breakfast are people who want to hear from God and want to be a part of what God's doing. No doubt in my mind. But here's the understanding is that as life shifts, sometimes we get busy, we get married, we get families, and we make excuses why we can't do that. But he's there. And so a mark on his life, he's faithful, he's in church, he's serving, he's doing. My very first ministry was I would set up and take down the chairs in the church. This was back when the church I got saved in on Cape Cod. We had a music scene on Friday nights. And so I'm only saved a couple of weeks. And I realized, you know what? We take down all the chairs for, for, for the concert. So Wednesday night, I started taking down chairs. And so I literally became the first chairman of the Cape Cod Church. So, you know, uh, but, you know, that was where my ministry began. It wasn't high glamour. It wasn't just the spotlight. Eventually, I was playing guitar and different things. But uh, my very first was I learned service and serving and 
and, and sometimes it's not very glorious, but the kingdom of God is made on servants. And we also see that Joshua had faith. In Numbers 14, he's one of the 12 spies that go into the land, into the spy out the, the field. And when they come back, 10 of them come back with a very bad report. Right, giants in the land. Well, you know what, God can't, or uh, I, I don't know if, if God can help me or provide how are you going to, how, how, one, are you going to believe when the stakes are bigger? Two, how are you going to convince someone else that God's going to help them? Because that's part of the job of a pastor or minister is to encourage people. It's not all rebuke. Sometimes you got to encourage. God can help you, man. Hang in there, you know? And so Joshua had this. So he's, he's, he's involved in the battle. He's involved in church. He's involved in the tabernacle, serving his pastor Moses, uh, and he's got faith. And so these are the learning years. These are the things you have to establish if, before you get sent out. They're very, very helpful because in, uh, in, in all of these, he's tested later. and He becomes the leader, and he's got to fight a battle. Right? He's got to be involved. He's got to speak to the people in faith. He's got to do uh, um, these kinds of things as a leader, but he established them before. And so now we are introduced. He, Mo, Moses, back to our text, Moses dies, and Joshua now is in charge. And so as he's in charge, he gets this great word about being strong, doing the will of God, keeping uh, the word of God in his life, and and putting this forward, be of good courage, uh, be strong, be courageous, do uh, what, God, what I've called you to do as God speaks to him. And as God does this, you, we, we get a few glimpses into Joshua's heart. And one of my favorite stories is Joshua 5, 13 through 15. And I'm going to paraphrase it. But if you See the scene, Joshua and the children of Israel have finally come across after 40 years of the wilderness. They finally come across the Jordan. And I can see Joshua standing by himself looking over the plains of Jericho. And as he's considering what he's going to be asking the people to do and engaging in battle, and, and, and it implies here, it doesn't actually say it, but implies here that he's by himself. And I can imagine he's praying, he's thinking, he's, he's comprehending. And then the Bible says that a man shows up. And so Joshua, you know, ready to, ready to go, he says, are you for us or for our, our enemies? And the answer is neither, <laughs> but I'm the commander of the Lord's host. And this is probably Jesus making an Old Testament appearance a theophany, if you want the technical word. But uh, he, he makes this appearance, uh, and, uh, uh, and so uh, Joshua is told to remove the sandals. He has an encounter that was similar to the story of Moses before the burning bush. You can see this in his life, that he's probably weighing this through. Man, what, what has God called me to do? Very dangerous when we get very lax or cavalier towards the things of God. It's a very bad, dangerous spot where we think we deserve. You can sense here the weight. He needed this experience with God. 
And God will bring us there if we're open to it. You can just kind of consider he's probably praying about this. We also see that Joshua was willing to deal with issues. One of the things you've got to establish is that it's not the gospel of I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, okay? That's the, that's, if you want that, you can, it's not too far, you can find that from here. Right? I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay, okay? There's got to be a willingness to deal with issues. And so in Exodus chapter, I mean Joshua rather, chapter 5, the Bible says that he begins to circumcise the children of Israel. Moses, he didn't like circumcision. And, uh, and so he kind of let that slide. And so now Joshua says, I'm going to deal with it. And so uh, I, let me just give you four doctrines. Every pioneer pastor, for this matter, every pastor will come and you'll have to fight these. One is tithing. Well, that's Old Testament. Is it? Is it really Old Testament? Not really. It's mentioned in the New Testament, but it's actually pre-law. It actually is one of the... I believe there's seven things established pre-law, and tithing is one of them. Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. You know, you're going to have to contend for that. The pre-tribulation rapture, that's going to come under attack and is always under attack. Oh, you always get nutbags who want to buy guns and canned food and a place up in the mountains. And, you know, and I don't mean for hunting. I mean, because they're going to survive the tribulation and they're going to fill people and change their doctrine. The latest thing was people get read left behind in that series and they're convinced they'll, they're chosen to stay behind and fight the Antichrist. Good luck with that. <laughs> I wish you well. <laughs> and then the fourth, of course, is eternal security. And so you've got to be willing to deal with some issues and to moral issues. And so here is circumcision. We know that Paul writes in Romans 2, and he says that the circumcision now that we deal with is not of the flesh, it's of the heart. That we, uh, that we circumcise our heart and uh, he says, for, a, for he who is a Jew is one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward of the flesh, but he who is a Jew inwardly, and the circumcision is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. So he's willing to deal with issues. And so you've got to establish convictions in your life that this is right because it's right. This is what God said. I didn't get out there and go, um, uh, well, that's what my pastor said we need to tithe. I can, you have to establish that. Well, you know, Jesus is coming. Well, it's, it's what we heard. I, we saw the movie. <laughs> you know, it's got to be more than that. And so Joshua establishes these things. And then he pushes forward. It's a constant push in the kingdom of God. In our lead, in, in especially if you're going to be a leader. The Bible says in Joshua 6.2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hands, its king and the mighty men of valor. By verse chapter 11, it says, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had spoken to Moses. 
And Joshua gave the inheritance to the children of Israel and divided by the tribes. And he does that by lots. And the next number of chapters are about that. But he's constantly pushing. There's constantly a take. You, there's a destiny, a place for every man in here. A purpose in the will of God. Some of those might be the very pillars of this church. And the influence of this church throughout the world. A great privilege as an evangelist from this congregation is to see what God has done. Not only here and, and to know and be able to tell people now, uh, you know what, I know people, pillars in this church. Men and women, you know, they'll, uh, as Pastor Mitchell asked about the Sunday school, you know, they'll ask me about these people around the world. Uh, no doubt, because they ask the evangelists as well. And they want to know, like, who, and you're able to share testimonies and stories of people in the church. It, and they're, uh, they're very encouraged by that, because uh, it's, it's a proper place. There's others of you who will go out and pioneer and pastor and, and maybe even be missionary someday. I've had the privilege of being a missionary in two countries and pioneering and fighting. And, and, and although it didn't work out all that I wanted to in Ireland, I know, and I could explain the story later, but I stood in the gap in a very, very critical time. And there are still churches there because of that. We had, four, we had two churches in Dublin. And in the three years I was there, we went through six pastors. One died, and then one cycled out normally. Another one couldn't get his footing. Another one couldn't get a visa. And now that finally in the other, there's an, finally a man there that did get his visa. But just time, and, and both men who are there now told me they wouldn't have come if I wasn't there. And so I know I was praying. And in time, you don't know what God has for you and the influence that your life can have. I'm just, believe me, where I come from, it's, my wife and I, we just, we are, we're just like a couple of kids from Cape Cod who, Cape Cod is the middle of nowhere, you know. Actually, it's the end of nowhere because you can't go anywhere past east. You drown. But it's, you know, and what God can do, what God could do with your life. So let's think real quick, Joshua's latter years. Joshua was able to give his people something. He is able to receive, so he is able to give. And so, in chapter 18, he gathers the whole congregation, and he says, okay, we've taken the borders, we've put out the parameters, but now you have to make your place. Now it's up to you. He was able to give them the, the land and the, and the general way of functioning, but he says, now you've got to make your place in that. And so he tells them... Uh, uh, go and get it, your inheritance. Seven of the tribes had kind of failed. They kind of squandered. They're giving us section and they're not really doing much. And so he's pushing them to rise up. He's trying to impart to them what he caught. He said, you know what, there's something to this and there's some great understanding. I won't read the whole chapter, but Joshua 23 and 24 is really his sermon. He's leaving them with uh, all the, his, his parting words. It's, uh, the book of Deuteronomy is really Moses' final farewell sermon. It was, it's really more or less what it is. Joshua 23 and 24 is, Mo, is Joshua's farewell sermon. It's where he says, 
you serve the God of the Amalekites, if that's what you want to do, or the Amorites said, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so he, he's challenging them. He's putting it out there. He's leaving them with this. Uh, he's, remember, he's reminding them what God's done. He's commanding them, don't marry intermarriage. Don't, don't go that route. If you're single, don't marry. And say, don't missionary date. For every one success story you'll hear of that, I can tell you 99 disaster stories. And so, you know, occasionally it works out. I get that. But you know what? <laughs> it's like Russian roulette. Only you're playing with five bullets in the chamber instead of uh, one. The odds are not in your favor. So don't mess with it. There's lots of good girls around here. I'm sure you can find one. Just talk to Pastor Greg. And so he'll help you on that. Right? So he leaves them with all of this understanding and and he's trying to tell them don't compromise and so he's putting that before and he's trying to impart to them every one of us especially uh, some of the uh, older gentlemen can help some of the younger guys so you know get a little snow on the roof and and get, learned a few things there's things we can impart we can help them and this is what Joshua is trying to do. Now, from Pastor Mitchell, or obviously Pastor Greg from the pulpit, they're, they're much more equipped to do stuff. But there's just the average Joe in the church can help impart lessons learned, things we've gone through. Life has taken us different ways. And so experiences, faith, God providing, it's, it's a great thing that as you, now that you've gone on some years, you can be that example. You can be that the book of Joshua ends with the statement that as Joshua's, he finally passes away. And I just want to read what he says. It says in Joshua twenty four thirty one. Now Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Joshua's influence went beyond him, even after he passed away. Some of the younger men in here won't understand this, but you get a little older and you start looking at your life and what did it mean? What have I influenced? What have I done? And there's lots of opportunities to do that, but as you get a little older, you want your life to have counted for something. You really do. You want it to have made some kind of influence. It might not be the superstar rock, you know, super, you know, where everybody knows your name, household. There are men in here that this church is influential because of your influence. That others in the fellowship might not know who you are, but God in heaven does. And the influence and the impact of faithfully serving God has gone out throughout the world and in our fellowship. And so there's lots of opportunities that we have to serve God. Lots of opportunities for us to make the impact and the influence and the decide. You know, I, I often think of Ananias. I wanted to, when he was witnessing to Paul, I know God had told him a little bit of what he had for the Apostle Paul's life, but did he really get it? That he, you know, if you give a prophet a glass of water in a prophet's name, you get a prophet's reward. 
how much more of the reward of the influence of Paul goes back, some of it will be upon Ananias and different others who gave to his ministry and, and made a way for him to go forward and do what he did and accomplish what he accomplished. And so here's Joshua. The influence of his life outlives him beyond, beyond all that. And it wasn't until finally all the kind of the older men of Israel died on. And then you have the book of Joshua. I mean, the book of Judges, which is the downward cycle, the tragic life. But in Joshua's day, they didn't do it. And so this is why I like Joshua. He, he, he's the, like I said, the first disciple. He had the learning years. He had the leadership years. He had the legacy years. And what a great opportunity we can learn from him. And so I want to encourage you to study Joshua's life because he is kind of the first disciple. And so some of you need to get on the front line. Some of you need to get some faith. I understand, you know, work that through while you got the opportunity here. Develop some convictions and so that you can minister and help others. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here this morning. I want to give a quick invitation. And you're not right with God. I didn't necessarily minister on salvation. I didn't talk about how Jesus can change your life and what He can do. But I can tell you that sin will always destroy, always rip off, always cause you to regret always cause you to miss what God has. The term sin literally means to miss. Miss the mark. But Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross so that you and I can be saved, born again, washed from our sins, and changed. And tonight, this morning, you're here and you're not right with God. I wonder if you'd very quickly slip up your hand and say, would you pray for me this morning? I'm not right with God. Thank God. Anyone else this morning, you want to join this honest heart, say, I'm not right. Maybe you're backslidden. You'd say, well, nobody knows. But you know, and God knows. Isn't that enough? You want to get your heart right. Slip up your hand very quickly. Praise God. Amen. Man, if you lifted your hand, would you look at me? Amen. You mean that, don't you? Amen. Uh, Brother Gibbs is going to pray with you. Simple prayer. And so... Amen. Why don't, we, why don't we stand for just a moment? Let's sing a song, Worship His Name. Create me a clean heart. Give Him praise this morning. Create me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me cast me not away and cast me not away from thy presence Oh, Lord, and take not 